Hey, it's time now for another episode of the Golf Club, sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Looky here. Joining me today is a friend from a long time ago, a friend I still consider a good friend, a uh, former golf analyst of mine at uh, Sporting News Radio, Mark Lai. Mark, how are you? I'm great. I'm great, man, but I'm not as good as Tony Finau uh, because... That was a great event. It was it was awesome watching him get his win. But yeah, I'm doing I'm doing fine. My kids are playing, you know, high school golf. Uh, and uh, even though my daughter's, uh, you know, just started high school, my son's in there. They're uh, uh, a sophomore. Uh, excuse me, one's a freshman and one's a, a junior. So our first big tournament this week on Friday and, and Saturday. So I'm trying to get them all psyched up, like. Their old man used to do on a daily basis. And their old man used to be a really good golfer, probably still is. But uh, back in the day, Mark Lai, the tour for over, I think, over 18 years. You won one tournament on the tour, right, Mark? Correct, yeah, uh, the but, American tour. But yeah. uh, And you, you would, if, I, if I have it correctly, you had the lead on Sunday at the Masters, but by the time they finished the third round, you no longer had the lead, right? Correct, yeah. We had to finish round three on Sunday morning. Uh, because uh, they blew us off the golf course on Saturday. I had the lead on Saturday by a shot. And then uh, so Sunday morning, I had to sleep on the lead, and I was playing uh, the 12th hole, a little uh, par three there. And uh, so I had to wake up, get out there, play my third round, uh, finish the third round. And Kite ended up birdieing the 17th hole, I think, to take the lead from me. And uh, so I entered the fourth round one shot back but i did carry the lead going into sunday in in uh quotation marks <laughs> uh b- by the way mark that 12th hole is not not an easy hole to sleep on because we saw no when tiger won no. his last masters that everyone but him fell apart on the 12th including tony Finau fell apart on that 12th hole so that must have been tough to sleep on knowing you had to get out and hit that shot on the 12th hole well, I'm gonna I'm gonna correct you because here's the deal. I already hit my shot. Oh, you already hit it. Uh, okay. I was I was on the green about 22 feet away, and I practiced that putt in my mind so many times. And don't you know, I got out the next morning and three whapped it. Wow. I three putted the hole, and then uh, I made two birdies on uh, 13 and 15, and then doubled the 16th hole. I put it in that back bunker. And um, so, yeah, and then I made par in the last couple holes. And then uh, so it was it was great. It was a great week. And, and the first hole of the fourth round, I made birdie. So I got right back in the lead, um, tied for the lead with 17 to go. So, Mark, you mentioned Tony Finau. And uh, Tony Finau had a great win. Northern Trust, you know, he, he hit some great shots. And, you know, that's been kind of like the rap on Tony Finau on – on Sundays, even though he'll go two or three under, he, he doesn't make the big shot when it needs to be made. But uh, the eagle, that was uh, an insane uh, approach shot from over 215, I think. He put it like two feet from the pin. Then on the 14th hole, he makes a long birdie putt. And uh, on 18, he goes into the bunker and uh, like a six, seven-footer center cut right damn in the middle. And he ends up winning in a playoff against Cameron Smith and uh, it was impressive, and, and boy, I, I haven't seen such positive reaction on tour for a win in a long time. It seems like Tony Finau is just beloved by everyone. Well, he is. He's never said an unkind word about anybody. He's got a huge uh, charitable fund, uh, foundation. He and his wife are just great people. They're family people. 
he comes from Tonga, you know, and they have a, a you know a, a huge Tongan population in Salt Lake City area, and uh, that's why he's associated with Boyd Summerhays and and all the Summerhays family. You know, they uh, uh, they teach together, they play golf together, they do all kinds of things. But Tony Finau is a, just a, an all American guy. He's he. He's a positive guy, and he's had to deal with a lot. I mean, his month, the money is sick, what he's making, but I don't think it's about the money to him. I think it's um, about doing good for other people, and people just know that he's genuinely a good person. I, I, I met him a long time ago when I just started the Golf Channel, and he was like a 17- or 18-year-old kid uh, hitting golf balls on the driving range at, at – uh, it's a place called Brown Deer Park in Milwaukee. Sure. And everybody would just walk right by him, and they'd have to stop just to watch him hit golf balls. So even as a as a neophyte, uh, they kind of knew that this guy was semi the real deal. <laughs> it was right after he won. I think he won the big break on golf. Channel, right, so right. That's how he got into that tournament. Yes, that's that's pretty amazing. That and that that's no longer around. I I love that big break. I thought that was so cool. Um, yeah, it was. It yeah. had a good run. Yeah, it, it definitely had a good run. And uh, Mark, you know, it's funny because I was going to bring up to you we were supposed to do this last week, and I was going to say to you, are are we getting near the comparison that John Rahm is the closest thing we have to Tiger Woods since Tiger Woods was in his dominance? Because it seemed like it felt like if John Rahm has a lead. On a Sunday, he's not relinquishing it. But then again, there he goes, two two bogeys on 15 and 17 or 18, and he ends up, uh, no, I think it was 17 actually, and he ends up losing the lead uh, and loses the tournament. So, I mean, he's he's been unbelievable, though, in these last couple months. He has, but uh, to throw somebody in the same sentence with Tiger Woods, I mean, there's just no way. I mean, John, Tiger Woods had, I don't know, four or five majors by the time he's John Rahm's age. Uh, and John Rahm uh, coming down the stretch, you know, Tiger would have never given that that lead up. Um, you know, not only did Rahm bogey 15 and 18, but he didn't birdie number 16, and 16's a drivable par four, and uh, where Tony Finau did. Tony Finau did up and down it out of that same spot, just short and left of the green, and uh, chipped it up close and made the putt. So if you're going to be if you're comparing you know Rom maybe the next coming of Tiger Woods no it's it's not there it's not even there even Colin Morikawa they don't measure up I mean Rory had a chance I think well, by the time he was 25 he'd already run, won four majors so you know he was being compared to Tiger but I don't think anybody in their right mind would say Rom has uh, got any any relationship to Tiger Woods as far as uh, being a fearless guy coming down the stretch. It's pretty crazy, isn't it, Mark? I mean, he, he that run by Tiger was insane, and I, I guess you're probably right that there really is no one even remotely close to what, what Tiger did. And you mentioned Rory, and he's he's a head-scratcher for me because uh, he he has he did win a tournament this year on the tour, but, like, I, I, I'm waiting for him to kind of get going again, right? I mean, and I know he's got a family now, and maybe he's got some more different priorities, but, like, I mean, you still watch him off the tee sometimes. You're like, you know, oh my gosh, the, he, the way what he can do off the tee, and but it it doesn't seem like four. You know, he can put four great rounds together or four rounds together. That's gonna, 
equal win. I mean, he it just seems like at some point one of the rounds it just goes awry for him and never he can never turn it around. Uh, he is definitely an enigma. I mean, for him to not have, you know, he does have a win this year at Wells Fargo, which is uh, where he got his first win on the PGA Tour. <clears throat> but he ought to be, you know, carving out four and five wins a year based on his talent. Um, you know, I'm looking at the U.S. Open, uh, top ten, the Masters, top ten, you know, the World Golf Championships at uh, concession, uh, top ten, uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational, top ten. Look, and then he finally won at Wells Fargo. Um, but he is a bit of a disappointment, I think, to the people in Ireland because he hasn't won a major in a long, long time, and he has the game. Look, you don't have to putt great to win mass, uh, you know, majors. You know, your ball hitting can sometimes carry it through. You just have to make putts at the right time. And it seems to me like Rory doesn't make his putts at the right times. He misses them at the right times to lose. And so that's the difference. I mean, even a guy like Brooks Kepka, he misses plenty of putts, okay? But, man, when it comes down time to, you know, to win a golf tournament, he doesn't miss the key putts, you know? He doesn't miss them. So I, I would say that, uh, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory when Brooks Kepka gets on the air and say, you know, and, and then he'll say, you know, well, you're thinking that Rory's a threat. He says, I don't look at him as being a threat because I've won my four majors in the time where he was supposed to be winning majors. And he says, I haven't even been on the tour since Rory McIlroy, you know, won his last major. You know, so so it's kind of like I'm, I'm being facetious. I'm, right. I'm over-embellishing right. this. Right. But, you know, there it is. I mean, we're, we're forgetting about Brooks Kepka. I mean, here's the guy that I would have said, well, maybe this is the next Tiger because he's a hard guy to chase down. But then again, since that time, since he's won his four majors, he's uh, been beat going down the stretch. I mean, Phil beat him down the stretch. Phil beat him. Yeah. At 51, yeah. you know, stop, you know. So, right. um, and isn't it weird that in the last, like, like, 10 or 12 weeks that Phil Mickelson is the only guy out there on the tour it's crazy stat. that has carried a 54-hole lead and carried it into the win? Anyone else that's had the lead going into Sunday, sounds like me at the Masters back in <laughs> 1984, anyone that's held the lead going into Sunday hasn't won except for Phil Mickelson. Crazy. Uh, you're listening to Mark Lai here on the Golf Club. You can hear Mark on Sirius XM post-game, post-tournament usually, and you can also hear him with my good friend uh, Bruce Murray. When, when is that show, Mark? Is that Wednesday you guys do the show? Wednesday from 6 to 7, six to seven. Uh, on Sirius uh, 92. Yeah, dealing with Bruce still. That's, that's, I mean, you must, yes. have lost, you must have lost a bet somewhere down the road that you're still dealing with Bruce Murray all these years. I, I'm dealing with that guy on a daily. He's a tough one, boy. Yeah. I'll tell you, he yeah. is coming off of three weeks on the, on, you know, the show because he's been doing football things. Uh-huh. But I'll call him before the show, and I'll say, did you have a chance to look at the rundown? No, not really. <laughs> In fact, I have not been paying any attention to any golf whatsoever. Good luck. <laughs> and that's how we do our shows. Uh, that's a great invitation. That's a great invitation. All right, so, Mark, this weekend, uh, BMW, uh, it's in Maryland. Uh, and, of course, in Maryland yep. this week. Um, John Rahm is your favorite. 
Uh, Justin Thomas, who rebounded after getting off to a really rough start on on uh, Monday, uh, your second favorite at sixteen to one. Who 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 ca- uh, has your eye for this tournament this weekend? Well, I think uh, you know Rom is definitely the guy. Okay, it's like the picking for the U.S. Open. I, I think Rom is feeling like uh, the game kind of owes him something. He played really great golf last week, uh, and he had to sleep on the lead an extra day along with. Uh, you know, Cameron Smith, uh, which is really not much of a problem for these guys. But I honestly, uh, you know, I'm thinking that uh, Jordan Spieth is, uh, he's a guy that's really starting to play some good golf. If he can eliminate those foul balls, I mean, I'm really liking Jordan. Justin Thomas, for some reason, I'm not real high on him. Um, And I know he's been playing okay, but his driver is just uh, continually a liability. Um, you know, it, it, he just, uh, you know, it doesn't happen for him, but he could still get out of a jam better than anybody. Um, the guy that didn't play last week, I think a guy that's been pretty, pretty hot is Louis Oosthuizen. This is a good golf course for Louis Oosthuizen. Um, and I like him. He's uh, sitting there at eighth in the FedEx Cup standings, I guess, or something around those, that line. Uh, he's in the top ten. And, you know, they just want to basically stay inside that top 30 after this week. So right. a lot of the guys in the top 10 really, you know, they have a good feeling because they don't, they're not under a lot of pressure. But guys like Phil, who's number 70, yikes. Yeah. He's got to get it done, yep. you know? Yep. Uh, all right. So, so, so Mark, you, you've uh, accomplished so much on the golf course and then uh, went on to be a great analyst, and you were a great analyst at the Golf Channel for a long time. Um, but you also have a, uh, a movie role. You were in, uh, happy Gilmore, but you were also, if I am correct, if I have this title correct, the creative consultant for happy Gilmore, is that correct? And what was involved with that? And how did you get that position? Okay. Well, um, I used to stay at the waste management Phoenix open with a family and his name was, uh, the guy was a car dealer. His name was Bob Simons, Bob and Loretta Simons. Uh, he, he was a guy that I played with in a pro-am. And we just, you know, we just hit it off. And then every year since then, I stayed at his house. Bob Simons Jr. is a big producer uh, in Hollywood, and he he produced all of the early Adam Sandler movies. So I knew his, I knew Bob Simons Jr., who is now the main producer for a lot of stuff. I mean, his his name is all over credits in in the movie world. I knew him since he was like five years old, and you know, I was out there playing the tour, and I knew. Bobby Jr. and then uh, Christina, and uh, he has another daughter that's married to Kurt Byram, Cindy Byram, and and so I, I I knew the whole family, and so in my last few years on the tour, you know, Bobby Jr. Bob Simons Jr. was actually producing, you know, Billy Madison and some of those early crazy Adam Sandler movies, and then he says, Mark, he says. Uh, I'm going to have, uh, you know, my son get in touch with you because he and Adam Hurley, or uh, um, I think it's Adam Hurley, Adam Sandler and and a guy named Tim Hurley, they were doing a, a golf movie. So he says, I'd like you to look over the script. He said, would you mind being a script consultant? And I said, no, I, I don't mind at all. So they wrote me as a script consultant. And what they did was they sent me the first, you know, it's about an inch thick uh, the lines of everybody, they've already written the movie, you know, and so I looked through this 
script. And I said, oh, my gosh. They were desecrating on the Masters, uh-huh. the U.S. Open, the PGA. And I said, guys, <laughs> you, know, you don't want to make fun of the guys at Augusta National. You don't want to piss off the blue coats at uh, in the USGA. They said, well, look, this is all comedy. And I said, I totally get it. I said, but you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. They had Adam Sandler acing about every third hole, uh, you know, which is just absurd. Uh, and so I said, if you want to be believable, we need to go a different direction. So they said, okay, well, we'll send you the next script revision. So five script revisions later. Wow. I finally called him up, and that's a lot of reading for somebody that graduated from San Jose State University. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a lot. Yeah. So anyway, after five script revisions, I finally said, "Okay, guys, I think you can get away with this one." I said, "But I really don't like the guy marking the ball with a cookie in his caddy, picking it up and, and eating, eating it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not so sure that I like that." And they said, "No, you'll understand when you get there the nature of this movie." So then. They basically said, well, when are you going to be in Canada again? I said, I'm going to be up there in uh, July. And they said, oh, great. Uh, you're going to be, we're going to write you into the movie. I said, what? He said, yeah, we're going to write you in the movie. He says, you're going to play yourself, and uh, we're going to write you into a scene or two in the movie, and we'd be honored if you'd uh, participate in it. So there it is. I had the gold jacket. I won the tour championship, and I was congratulating Happy on his ace on a par four the week before, and uh, got to know Shooter McGavin and alias, uh, you know, Christopher McDonald, who I've seen a couple of times since the movie. Um, and, you know, it was probably my most memorable time on this planet is uh, getting recognized for the movie. It's pretty amazing. Uh, I've shown my son the movie, and I'm like, you know, I, I know him. Mark Lye, right there. I, yeah, I used to play, actually played golf with him. Before we wrap up, Mark, I, I want to tell the story of you know, we played golf together, I think, two or three times. Um, yeah. And I thought it was pretty cool. One time we played at the Glen Club, which is, at that point, wasn't even... Awesome. It wasn't even open, okay? And right. you, you called Bruce and myself, and you're like, hey, uh, we're going to play the Glen Club. And I said to Bruce, that course isn't even open yet. And you're like, yeah, I got us on. And there, I think there was only <laughs> 16 holes, okay, uh, open at that point. They hadn't finished the two of the holes. So we played 16, and then we played two holes again. Um, I was so nervous on the first tee because I think it's the first time we'd ever played together. I don't know why, but my, my, my knees were shaking as I hit my first tee shot and I hit it really well. But I learned a lot. One time I stood behind you, as you uh, because my ball was inside yours, and you turned around and said, I think you said, you got a good fucking look? And I'm like, yeah. And you're like, get away, get out of my line. And I'm like, all right, my bad. And then I stood, be, stood, be, I stood behind you and you were teeing off one time and you, again, t- gave me the same line, you got a good look? And I'm like, yeah. And you're like, don't stand behind someone when they're teeing off. I'm like, oh, okay, didn't know that either. So I, I learned a ton from you. Um, that was a lot of fun. And I thought the coolest thing, Mark, after we got done, is the guys who who made the course, who were the designers, pulled you aside, and you went through hole by hole with them of what you liked and what you didn't like. I don't know if they made any changes, but I thought that was the, the cool uh, seeing that, you know, I mean, the power that you had. And you played in the tour for a long time, so they respected you, but... I always love playing golf with you um, because, you know, the ball just sounds different coming off your club. And, uh, I mean, just, you know, just seeing a pro- watching a PGA Tour professional play was awesome. Well, those were some I had. I've lived a blessed life. And, uh, you know, I remember a lot of tournaments, but I don't remember a lot of tournaments. But I will always remember 
my time with you, Bob Berger, and Bruce Murray. Uh, those are special days, and it's all about relationships that you find in this world, and that's what I keep telling my kids. I say, guys, it's not what you shoot. It's the friends you meet along the way. So anyway, I'm glad you're in business doing radio. You finally got it. It, it, it makes a whole lot of sense to be talking rather than pressing buttons, doesn't it? Well, I do both. I, I talk and oh, okay. I press buttons, but uh, uh, I love I love this part. I love doing the golf podcast, uh, and uh, you're right, Mark. Um, I was t- told early on by uh, someone, uh, Mark Jenskow, who we actually played with us that day at the Glen Club, and he said, in this industry, it's all about relationships, Randy, and I'm uh, really proud to say we're still friends years later, and uh, I can't thank you enough for joining me today, Mark, and uh, hopefully we can do this again soon. Anytime, anytime. You have a good one, okay, Randy? Thanks. Thanks, Mark. Talk to you soon, buddy.